You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's normally him, but he's not with us today. That's okay, uh, because we are still going to have our normal podcast. And today, we are joined by Daniel Monroe of Locked On Dogs to do a joint podcast. Daniel, how are you today? I'm doing good, Luke. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Getting ready for a big game this upcoming weekend. Really excited about it. This is going to be uh, a lot of fun and, and easily the biggest game of the year so far. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Biggest game in college football uh, for the season. Everybody's known that for the last six months since it's been scheduled. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Starting to get that sick to my stomach feeling that accompanies a big game. So you, that's how you know it's working. Uh, speaking of thing that works, uh, that's going to be rockauto.com. When you go there, you can find the best parts at the best prices. Go check out rockauto.com, and I'll talk about them just a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, Daniel, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Um, Georgia and Alabama, uh, another crucial matchup. They they have played some incredible games of late. I was, I've been at most of them. I was at the 2018 SEC Championship, the 2018 National Championship and the 2012 SEC title game. All those games were absolute classics. Um, what what is it? What's special about this particular game to you, other than being number two versus number three? Well, classic is one way to describe those three games. Not exactly the the exact <laughs> terminology that I think uh, our fan base would use to describe those affairs. But uh, yeah, I mean these are. You know, we these are the two best teams in the SEC. They've been the two best teams in the SEC uh, since 2017, uh, really since since Kirby Smart got his got his thing going after his first year in Athens. And so, uh, this is this is kind of a measuring stick game. It feels like you know it's in the regular season, which is uh, odd. You know, uh, for you know since since 2017, we've only played uh, each other in the postseason, but uh, the game still has that – it has that postseason feel. So it's a little bit weird that for one of us, the season's not going to end after Saturday, um, given the fact that, that recently that's kind of how it's gone. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, there are all kind of um, streaks involved in this game too. I mean, Alabama under Nick Saban has not lost to one of his assistants. They're 21-0 after the – uh, victory over Lane Kiffin this past weekend. And, of course, Kirby will have a chance to change that. And here's another streak that was just brought to my attention yesterday. Alabama hasn't uh, beaten Georgia in their home crimson jerseys since 1994. Now, they've only played, I think, in those crimson jerseys uh, two times since then. But the, it, the the fact still remains they haven't beaten them since then. And that's just a little weird uh, streak out there. Yeah, the game in 2007, I guess probably the most being the most recent of those uh of those times, but um yeah, I mean there's some interesting stats, you know, we talked about on our podcast uh yesterday that um you know, I think Chris Felica of ESPN put out some sort of stat that when when Alabama is favored 
by less than a touchdown at home, they have lost four out of the last five of those games outright. Um, That that normally when they play these close games at home, uh, it's not always gone their way. And so, but, you know, none of that. The streak versus the assistants, you know, the, the recent history of the rivalry, what happened in 2012 or even 2018, none of that really has anything to do with this game. It's fun to talk about as fans, but none of the players for Alabama care anything about that, and none of the players for Georgia do either. No, that's absolutely right. And and it it just dawned on me, I was thinking about, gosh, how many times has Alabama been less than a touchdown favorite at home? It's very rare. I, I mean, maybe. Very uh, rare. I would say maybe the LSU game last year, which that team went on to be arguably the have the greatest season in, in college football history. And then maybe 2010 Auburn, even though I don't remember. And that team also went undefeated and won a national championship. So uh, I guess it yeah, I, well for, for Georgia if they do win the game. And and uh, those uh, traits hold true that uh, the, if you can beat Alabama at home when they're less than a touchdown uh, favorite, you, you probably have a good shot at a national championship. I think we can pretty much agree. Whoever wins this game will have beaten – um, the toughest team that they play all season, possibly with the possible exception of a, a Clemson or an Ohio State in the playoff. I mean, I think there's no there's no team. Florida's not going to be, you know, Florida's not half the team that Alabama is. Auburn, we've already seen, is not half the team that Georgia is. And so LSU is a train wreck. There's no – this is the game that um, – this will be the best team on the schedule, you know, with the possible, like I said, with the possible exception of that. So whoever wins this game, you got to, is prohibitively the number one team in college football. And there, there won't be any argument about that. I think that's a good point. If whoever wins this game, do you think they should jump Clemson for number one? I do. Oh, 100%. They will. I mean, they, that's, uh, you know, Clemson, it is what it is. You know, I'm not a Clemson hater. They don't get to decide how bad the rest of the ACC is. But, you know, the ACC is trash, and everybody knows that. And uh, so, yeah, the winner of this game absolutely will jump Clemson. And there's nothing that Clemson or Ohio State or anybody else will be able to do to overtake them uh, unless, you know, let's say Alabama wins this game and then loses sometime later. Uh, with a, Barring a loss, that team will be number one heading into the playoffs. Let me tell everybody about rockauto.com. Go check them out, rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Jimmy and I talk about it every single podcast. Uh, they are the absolute best. I'm not a car guy myself, but I tell people who are car people, go to rockauto.com. You get the best prices on the best parts. Uh, if you need a timing belt, if you need uh, a new blinker bulb if you need a chassis i'm not even sure what a chassis is but you need to go check it out in case you need one uh if you need wheels fuzzy dice hubcaps whatever you need rockauto.com has it at the best prices go check them out asap and be sure to let them know you heard about them from the locked on family of networks by using the promo code locked on that's rockauto.com Okay, Daniel, we both agree that uh, the winner of this game should probably move to number one in the country, which is interesting, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but what's what's great about having the number one seed this year is it feels like 
it's going to be Alabama slash Georgia and then Clemson and Ohio State. Those seem to be your clear cut favorites. And then that number four seed could be, I mean, shoot, it could be a Cincinnati this year, the way things are getting kind of strange. But it, it yeah. seems like o- Oklahoma State still undefeated, <laughs> kind of hanging around out there. There's some there's some weird teams, you know, and that with that- with yeah, with Oklahoma and Texas removing themselves from the conversation quickly and uh the Pac twelve, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna even consider anyone from the Pac twelve. So uh yeah, that fourth seed's gonna be weird. That fourth seed we talked about you know, uh, on the podcast yesterday as well, the fourth seed could be the uh, Alabama or Georgia. Yeah, agreed. And w- what would be weird about that is the potential for uh, Alabama and Georgia to meet three times this season. Um, yeah, well, I don't think it, it would be in the national championship game, I think. So if we just play out a scenario where Georgia wins tomorrow, obviously – or not tomorrow, I'm sorry, on Saturday. Uh, but if, if Georgia wins on Saturday and let's say Alabama comes back and beats them in the SEC title game, that's the only way Alabama makes the playoff, right? They're not going to make it with two losses. And so if they lose to Georgia twice, they'll be out. So if they beat them in the SEC championship game, I think Alabama would get the two seed. Clemson would get the one seed or the two or the three seed. Clemson, Ohio State would, would be in there. And Georgia might sneak in with one loss to Alabama, but a regular season victory over Alabama, they might sneak in as the four seed. And so I don't think there's a scenario where Georgia and Alabama play each other in the first round of the playoffs as one and four, if that makes sense, because uh, either one team will have beaten the other one twice and eliminated them from the playoffs, or it'll be, it'll go, it'll be a split and both teams will make it, but neither of those teams will be the one seed at that point. No, that's a good point. Um, let me ask you this. Okay, Georgia's got some pretty uh, historic rivalries, obviously with Auburn, with Georgia Tech, with Florida. Those are all uh, Tennessee even to a degree. Sure. But um, I wonder, is Alabama Georgia's biggest rival in the moment? I mean, over the last decade, do you feel like not just because of the games they've played, but also the recruiting battles they've faced? It. Uh, it just depends on how you define the word rival, I think. Uh, and we talk about uh, rivalries and, and such quite a bit. But it, I think in my mind, if you define the word rival as um, team that is, you're most evenly matched with, then, yeah, I think Alabama is Georgia's biggest rival. Uh, you know, Georgia – with the exception of the South Carolina debacle last year where Georgia just forgot how to play football and do anything uh, productive, you know, Georgia doesn't lose to the SEC East, you know, at all under Kirby Smart. And so uh, Florida, as much as they want to pretend that they are, and Dan Mullen wants to clown around and talk, Florida (laughs) is not on the level with Georgia. Tennessee is obviously not on the level with Georgia. Um, and so, yeah, Auburn is, is Georgia's little brother, just like their Alabama's little brother. And so, uh, Alabama is by far the most competitive, you know, like you said, these games, 2012, 2017, 2018, these have not been blowout games. These have been right down to the wire, break your heart. If you're a Georgia fan, you know, 
thrill you if you're an Alabama fan. These have, these have been very competitive games. So I would say yes in that sense. But in the traditional sense of the word rival, Florida will always be Georgia's biggest rival. And, and just to be honest, Florida is the most important game of the year on the schedule for Georgia. Georgia can lose this game on Saturday and still make the playoff. But they can't lose to Florida and still make the playoff. And so this game matters for pride, and it matters because it's a huge matchup. But it, it, it doesn't carry the same weight as the game in Jacksonville. All right. Was, Alabama's got a pretty lengthy streak right now of scoring more than 35 points in a game. I think it's 15 straight games, which is an SEC record. What's more likely? Wow. Georgia, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's they they've scored a lot of points in a row for a lot of games. Um, okay, so what is more likely that uh, Alabama scores more than thirty five on this ferocious, incredible defense, or that Georgia um, scores forty two points on Alabama's somewhat porous defense, a uh, Georgia offense that's been okay, but it certainly hadn't matched uh, the the terrorism of the defense. Yeah, uh, neither of those things are likely to happen at all. So if you're going to force me to answer the question, which is more likely, uh, I would, I guess, I think Georgia could score a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown or both and maybe score 42. Alabama's not going to score 35 points in this game. That's, that, if, unless they have, again, like a, a multiple – special teams or defensive scores. <laughs> Alabama, it just that's not that's not how this game goes. We unless we fumble the ball in the red zone multiple times, mm-hmm. I just I cannot see a scenario. And 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 I was gonna ask you know, you so maybe to just a I'm curious, you know, we've heard Nick Saban talk and you kinda get from when you talk to a rival fan base, you kinda typically get the bravado and the puff your chest out but I'm, I'm curious to know what the actual feeling of the Alabama fan base is when you give up 50 points to Ole Miss like is it is it pan, are people panicking are people still just like in Nick Saban we trust he will fix it it will be fine or is there is there a legitimate concern that Alabama's defense might be bad I am probably more panicked than most. Um, as a matter of fact, not spoiler alert, I have predicted Georgia to win this game simply because I am very nervous about the defense. Um, what worries me about Alabama's defense this year, and I've said this on the podcast and in the newspaper and all these other places, there's no alpha dog. And I thought Dylan Moses would be that guy, but I don't. You, think we all did. Fully, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's fully recovered from his injury, which you know probably affects him a little bit mentally. And then there isn't anybody else that I trust to – to this defense needs – they don't need a Reuben Foster or a, some, you know, a, a Marlon Humphrey or a superstar like this. They would need somebody like a C.J. Mosley. You know, a C.J. Mosley would be a fantastic huh. piece for this defense to get everybody in the right place, to get the defense's um, heads up and say, look, don't worry about that play. Make the next play. Don't worry about, uh, you know, giving up 10 yards right then. Go, you know, get a two-yard loss. Um, at the same time, 
Uh, I think a lot of people are overreacting to a degree on the way Link Kiffin was able to score with relative ease in this game. Uh, in fact, there were several times where the Alabama defender was in the position to make the play, and just for whatever reason, man, that that Matt Corral was – it was like he was dipped in Crisco. I mean, he slipped right out of their grasp on the pass. And um, so – and he was also just on. Sometimes – you know, when Alabama's played, they historically have, have made some quarterbacks household names. Johnny Manziel coming out party against Alabama. Steven Garcia. That's the only reason anybody ever remembers he played at South Carolina is because he was oh, on target in 2010. I, I so, remember Steven Garcia for so many reasons <laughs> for how bad he was for so long. So that's not that's, that's but I, I your point is well taken. Okay, that's the only reason anybody has a positive memory. How about that? Sure. Okay, okay. that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, but then, and and Matt Corral just, I mean, man, he was slinging darts, and I I got to give him props. I mean, he he looked really really strong. And the other thing is, Ole Miss is not devoid of talent on offense. They are on defense, but they, that Jerion Ely's a dude. Their receivers are not bad. Snoop. Oh yeah, Elijah bad. Moore is a great. He's a great wide receiver. Like they they've got weapons, and Lane Kiffin. Obviously, you can scheme an offense, but at the end of the day, I yep. think from a – I'm just sitting there on Saturday night watching that game with my jaw on the floor, say, you know, saying to myself, if if Matt Corral doesn't fumble that snap, I don't see any way that game doesn't go to overtime because Probably. it didn't look like anyone was going to get a stop for the rest of the game, like no, every agree. possession. It's Yeah, so uh, not what you're used to seeing from – from Nick Saban and uh, the Alabama defense, which I think has some Georgia fans. I agree that there might be a little bit of overreaction. That's kind of been my take uh, going into the game, uh, that Alabama's defense won't play that bad uh, against Georgia. They won't miss that many tackles. So, My cohort, Jimmy Stein, always says – that in every season you play your best game a couple times a year, you play your worst game a couple times a year, and what happens in between is what you are. And I want to believe that what Alabama played, uh, at least on that ha- side of the ball, was their worst game of the year. And and I hope they don't do it in back to back games. Is all I'm hoping. Let me tell everybody yeah. about. Let me tell everybody about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Go check them out. Uh, Daniel from Locked On Dogs. I know he's probably gotten some samples just like I have. They're absolutely oh, absolutely. Delicious. Oh, they're so good. And that protein good. bar on the market. There's no doubt about it. And it's good for keto diets. Um, it, it's just fantastic. That the, a lot of times you get a bar like this, and you almost force yourself to eat it because you're trying to lose a little weight. And you're like, it tastes like cardboard, but I'm going to eat it because it's healthy. That's not the case with these things. I mean, they are absolutely delicious. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Carrot cake is my favorite flavor, but they've got caramel apple and all, just about any flavor you want. Uh, 18 total flavors. They just came out with six new ones. BuiltBar.com is where you want to go. And when you go there and when you place your order, be sure to use the code Locked On to get 20% off of your order. We would certainly appreciate it. That's BuiltBar.com. All right, Daniel, we've talked a lot about the uh, just all the things around the game. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, what, what scares you the most about this Alabama team. Uh, I think his name's Jalen Waddle. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, that's that's what scares me the most about this Alabama team. I think it's the scary guy. That's who it is. Uh, I mean, uh, it's a, it's a, it feels, and Alabama, it doesn't feel like this. It's true. Alabama has had 
an absolute dynamic stud at wide receiver for what feels like a decade. Um, and and Jalen Waddle just slid right in and has decided to to take his place and 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 hold up the mantle. I I, I am the. There is a legitimate fear about the deep ball, I think, uh, as, as a Georgia uh, fan. I think that's the only area where we've seen, you know, Georgia's given up three touchdowns this year, and they've all been on passes, pass plays over 40 yards. Wow. Three touchdowns in three games, and they've all been on long pass. Now, one of those was a, was a missed assignment, a, a, a kind of a bust. And the other two, one of them was just a, a freak catch. Uh, defender was in good position and, and just an amazing throw and catch that you just kind of have to tip your hat. And the other one was a defender was there but not in good position and just got beat. Uh, so, yeah, when you look at this Alabama offense, obviously Najee Harris is good at football, but that's not what scares you as, a, as an outsider. It's it's Mac Jones and um, those wide receivers running down the field. Uh, what about what about from your perspective, looking back the other way? You can respond to what I said, but also would be curious to know what what worries you the most. What worries me the most is um, pressure. Um, Mac Jones was not really faced any. He got sacked one time against Ole Miss, and it was kind of a blown assignment on the offensive line. And after that moment, the offensive line had about the best. 10 or 15 minutes of game time I've seen an offensive line have. Um, yeah. But so I'm curious how uh, Mac Jones will deal with pressure. There's no doubt in my mind that George is going to dial up a lot of pressure. And part of me sort of rubs my hands together like a uh, 1920s villain, you know, twiddling his mustache because I'm thinking, okay, that's going to be one-on-one against Waddle, Mechie, or Devontae Smith, which is a very big positive for Alabama. But – the flip side is Georgia's defense is the best in the country. I wholeheartedly recognize that. Um, I love Monty Rice. I wanted Alabama to offer him. He's an Alabama kid, mm. um, and they they just didn't pursue him that hard. I think he's a I think he's a player. I like him a lot. Um, he's the kind of guy that if if Monty Rice were on this Alabama defense, I'd feel that's a lot exactly. Better. I was going to say that earlier when you were talking about the kind of guy that Alabama needs. That you were describing Monty Rice, who has who has really just truly grown into – he's not the most athletic guy on the field. He's not the most gifted guy on the field. But he is indispensable in the middle of the defense. Absolute leader. I totally agree. Um, I do a lot of stuff with the AHSA around here, uh, the Alabama High School Athletic Association, and, and I've known his name for a while, and I, th- I, think, he's a, I think he's a dude. Um, but so I would say the pressure is what scares me the most, but it also gives me the most – optimism and sense of, again, you could have a lot of one-on-one coverage. And I think that that benefits Alabama whenever there's a a one-on-one situation, because I do believe, and this may be me being a homer, I do believe Jalen Waddle's the best player in the country. He will not win the Heisman. I wholeheartedly recognize that. No, he won't. No. I think he's the best player in the country in terms of he can make, if you give him an inch of space, something good's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and get right to it. What, what's your prediction on the game? I um, Well, we've gone back and forth a million times on this game, and, uh, and, I, and I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not trying to belabor the point. Uh, on tomorrow's episode of our podcast, we, Clint and I will force ourselves to make 
predictions and actual picks of the game. But I'm here to tell you, I have no idea. I do not know what's going to happen in this game. Uh, The Georgia fan in me wants to say that it'll be close, just like all the rest of the games, and then Georgia will finally find a way to pull one out. And then the Georgia fan in me wants to say it'll be close, just like all the rest of the games, and we will blow it, just like we have in the past. Uh, so uh, you're not going to get you're not going to get a number out of me. You're not going to get a prediction out of me. I, I truly, I don't know. I do I do agree with you. I do think that for Georgia to win, I, I don't know. I don't think Mac Jones has been uncomfortable all year. I don't think uh, he, he has looked very good, but I think he has been allowed to look very good all year. And this game, he we will find out if he can do it when he's uncomfortable, because you're, you're right. Georgia's not going to bring – Georgia doesn't bring exotic blitzes, but they do have exotically talented defensive linemen, and, and they will get pressure on Mac Jones. And that's, like, that's the hope for Georgia. The hope for Georgia is that's how you slow down Alabama's attack and you keep the game – you know, you keep them – in the 24-point range, and then you try to go out there and score, and you try to win the game. So that's that's what Georgia's counting on. Well, I don't mind saying this. I'm going to predict a Georgia win 31 to 30, um, and that's that's where I'm gonna I'm just gonna ride that out and hope that I'm wrong. I just believe that um, the the defense scares me that much. Uh, I have a ton of faith in Alabama's offense. It wouldn't shock me if Alabama does put up over 35 points. Uh, um, because, you know, it's it funny, when it comes to football, uh, you, you always think of 35 uh, points as like, oh, man, that's a lot of points. It's only five touchdowns. And uh, this Alabama yeah. team can get five touchdowns, I, I think, on anybody. Um, but I'm going to say 31 to 30. Uh, Georgia wins this game, and then they have a rematch in the SEC title game. I wholeheartedly believe that, and um, I think it's going to be just a, another classic game. And somehow, some way, a lot of streaks come to the end uh, in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I know that the, your Georgia listeners uh, certainly hope I'm right, but regardless, sure. I think, I, I, regardless, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I'm really, really excited about it. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. I went to the Alabama A&M game and it felt like it was 90 minutes before kickoff in perpetuity. I mean, the whole game was yeah. people just, you know, walking in, wanting to see some warmups. And um, I hope that we have more of an atmosphere like Georgia did against Auburn, but that means we're going I think, to let some more, you know, more people. I think the night, I think the night is going to help that. And I think you're going to see that the night game is going to, as a Georgia fan, I, I hate that this game is at night uh, because I think you're going to see that the lights uh, and like the what they're able to do on the loudspeakers in terms of atmosphere, the fact that it's at night um, it is going to is going to impact that. I expect it to be a hostile environment for sure. Well, Daniel, looking forward to it, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we appreciate it. And best of luck to your dogs uh, this weekend and the rest of the year, okay? All right, man. Good to talk to you. We'll talk soon.